Hi, I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Annie. And welcome to the research room, a space、welcome. to make research by the people for the people. Today we have Liz. She's back. She has not left us,、um, no. but she's not being the host today, which is <laughs> a change of pace.、Um, we are going to continue on with some of our health stuff,、um, and Liz will go ahead and talk about this paper called "Attachment in Donor-Conceived Adults: Curiosity, Search, and Contact." So, please, Liz, go ahead and tell us a little bit about like why is this important. Yeah. So the whole purpose of this paper was to understand, like, can we use attachment, right? And attachment is how people approach their close relationships. So we're trying to see, like, can we actually use attachment to like understand donor conception? Now you probably don't know what donor conception is,、um, so I should probably mention what that is.、Uh, so it's people who are born through assisted reproduction.、Um, so kind of think like an egg or a sperm donor, and the family types can like really differ, right? Uh, throughout different, you know, types of families, different couples,、um, but generally, it's the case that you have、uh, the donor-conceived person has a biological parent, so it's somebody who's related to the donor-conceived person,、um, and then there's a non-biological, sometimes called a social parent, although. That's a horrendous ter- term. We should not use that. <laughs> Although I use it in the paper,、um, <laughs> and that person is not related to the donor-conceived person, but like obviously they're like involved in the upbringing of the child.、Um, and then you have the donor. So the donor may be a part of the child's life, or they may not be.、Um, so yeah, what we're doing in the study is just trying to see like does people's attachment、um, relate to their curiosity about their donor conception,、um, and does it relate to Whether or not people are attempting to find their donor or、uh, contact that person. Got it. Cool. Okay. So yeah,、uh, seems pretty uh, uh, important, right?、Uh, for many、yeah. reasons.、Um, I do want to just make sure, I guess, before I <laughs> misspeak.、Um, so what what would be the best term to use、uh, to make sure、uh, I'm being like inclusive with this? Yeah, I would call it the non biological parent. I don't know. I use、okay. social parent in the paper, and now I really wish I would have never used that term. So yeah, I would、mm. say like non biological. Parents, the way to go. Okay, so we have biological, we have non-biological, and we have donor.、Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So then,、uh, what did you find? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even mention what the findings are.、Um, right. so, we found, <laughs> so we found that people who are like anxious、um, with respect to their attachment style. So these tend to be people who are like preoccupied with relationships. They tend to like focus on them more so than people who are you know not anxious.、Um, we found that they are more curious. About their donor conception,、um, but at the same time, it's really weird.、Um, they're actually more disengaged from it,、um, but they're also not likely to search for their donor or like establish contact with this person. So it's kind of weird because you know they're curious about who they are, curious about the donor, but at the same time, they're not like searching for this person and trying to like contact them. Cool. Okay, so、uh, let me unpack a few things here. So、um, with attachment,、uh, is this all the same attachment that we've been talking about?、Uh, anytime that your name comes up, attachment also comes up. <laughs> It does. Is this? I'm an、same? attachment person. <laughs> yes, you are the expert. That's why we want to keep talking to you about attachment.、Um, so, is this the same attachment that like what we were talking about a couple weeks ago?、Uh, can we? Con- 
consider it the same kind of thing? Yeah, more or less. I mean, so it's the same in terms of like the definition and stuff. Um, we are mm -hmm. measuring it the same way, right? But it's, um, we're looking at it with respect to like all the parents, right? So instead mm -hmm. of like asking for your attachment with your romantic partner, right, we're asking people the same questions, but it's for like each of the parents. So like they fill out the questions for their, their bio parent, their non-bio parent, um, and the donor, if they actually like know who that person is. Got it. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we see a, a mix of things. Um, and I, I guess unlike the, the other paper uh, where people that are higher in um, attachment anxiety, uh, they ended up not doing as well with, as far as like their satisfaction. Um, here, I mean, there seems like there is a positive spin to things. Like being curious is, is good, I think, right? It is, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then it ends up uh, maybe like too many questions arise and like you kind of stop yourself, uh, which is not not uh, necessarily the place that you might want to be, especially if like you are curious, like uh, that, that back and forth, that uh, <laughs> push and pull of like, oh, I want to know, but like, oh, I'm scared to know. Yeah. Um, and we don't know do you... really about that because like the results can't speak, right? We didn't ask people specific questions about like, well, why aren't you contacting this person? Like, are you afraid? We're not asking those specific questions. So like, I can only assume, right. And guess based on these results that like, they're curious and they want to approach this person, but like, maybe they're, I don't know, proactively thinking like, oh, I'm afraid. Right. Or maybe I'm going to come across as like too needy or like too much <laughs> for this person. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they're thinking about those like things. That yeah yeah and i feel like the result itself kind of reflects like what you know anxious attached people would normally do right like they're curious but then they're also like scared that they might get rejected or you know these kind of like approach mix of like approaching both avoidance kind of like style so yeah yeah maybe that could be why yeah, no, I definitely think that. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess I do wonder though, uh, like, can't you just do a follow-up study? <laughs> Cause I'm curious about <laughs> I mean, like... grad school's almost over for me, so <laughs> I could. <laughs> um, this idea of, of push and pull, like, I, I also wonder like if that has to deal with their, like, like who they're seen as as a person right so like they they're curious like that that's um it's that like engaging like approach sort of factor which is great but then they are worried that like oh um i want to say partner that's not the right word um <laughs> donor whoever <laughs> yes <a> donor <laughs> different person <laughs> yeah very different person i hope yeah that is not oh wow a, this is like this nope, could I'm go not... really wrong <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> okay. i just imagined it like yeah. uh, i should yep. stop let's um, continue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with their donor uh they might wonder like if I reach out, like, will they like me? Like things like that, right? Like that yeah. kind of like anxiety. Uh, so like, I wonder what, what could help that? Like, is it a better sense of um, identity? Is it something that like, um, maybe they just need to feel more secure with that person, like get to know them, get to like talk to them, but like, how do you ever do that? Like there's so many <laughs> things that, that yeah. happen there. What, what do you think? Um, so kind of getting at your first part of the question, like some people are probably more likely to like want that information, right? Maybe not even curiosity, but just like medical, like information. Mm. So a lot of times, right? Like people aren't thinking, oh, I, you know, people probably take their genetic 
relationships, right. With their parents for granted, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm related to my parents, you know, but like, there's so many things that come with that. Like knowing your medical history and people who are donor conceived, like they don't know that information or they may not have it. So I feel like even if they're not curious, maybe they just, they're searching for like some kind of information. Um, Mm. so there's that factor. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah, and also um, one thing I wondered was that, so in your sample, you know, there are some proportion of people who are told from their parents that they are donor conceived and some that they found out somehow by themselves and some um, others. And um, I'm not sure if your findings can directly speak to this question, but do you think there's like a right time or right method in which like parents can you know, tell their offspring that they are donor conceived? And do you think that there's a possibility that attachment styles can also affect this right timing? Um, What do you think, Liz? That's a great question. So there's like this whole debate, (laughs) like in the field about when should you even tell your child that they're donor conceived? And some people are like, oh, no, we shouldn't tell them at all. Like that's going to create chaos and like problems in the family. So just don't tell them. Um, But the literature says like, I don't know, it's probably good to tell, you know, your child this. It's a big factor. It's something important that they should know. Um, And you really don't want them to like find out through like DNA testing, right? Or like Mm -hmm. somebody in the family maybe like knows the secret. And then they're like, by the way, you know, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but your donor can see. So <laughs> I feel like there's, there's like the potential to create a lot of problems. Yeah. So like, there's been a lot of research on this and like, basically it shows that like the earlier is the better, like you should disclose mm-hmm. this information. And usually it's like, as soon as the kid can understand like what it all means. Yeah. And also this kinds of list leads uh, to my other um, question about, so you know, it's, I, it could be that people, you know, are there any differences between, you know, the um, processes that um, donor conceived adults go through compared to people who are adopted, right? Like in some sense, it's both could create some identity crisis and, you know, like where I belong, where do I belong? Who are my um, real parents? You know, these questions could be something that could Uh, similar across different situations but then you know I don't have enough knowledge to um, answer this so um, I wanted to see what you think of it that's a great question so I feel like that's a question I always get with this research is like well isn't this adoption (laughs) it's very similar (laughs) right in like a lot of ways like there are parallels um, but it's kind of different in the sense of like the purpose behind it right so like with adoption, like the the parents are missing, right? In the sense of like, they're missing, but like you can potentially know information about them. In this type of situation, you may never get the information. And it's almost like adoption is trying to like mend a wound, like essentially, like you're trying to give the child a better life. Not in all cases, Mm -hmm. I don't wanna generalize, Mm -hmm. but usually that tends to be the case. Whereas in this situation, like it's more so like about the parents. And like the parents are almost in effect, like creating like a wound, like for the child where they may not know like where they come from. So. Yeah, that's a really good um, point. And, you know, very useful for anyone who mixes them two up. (laughs) Yeah. But there are similarities though, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that actually, uh, that question that Annie just asked, that makes me think like, do you have any idea about uh, like in general, um, those that are donor conceived, uh, like is there a difference in attachment styles like just in general right? like are do they tend to be more avoidant do they tend to be more anxious do they tend to be more secure like mm-hmm. compared to uh, um, the rest of the world so I would imagine like when I first started off this like doing this research that was what I originally thought I was like mm-hmm. oh I would imagine there might be more insecurity right in terms of the sample um, but mm-hmm. interestingly I actually found like the rates are pretty comparable to what we cool. usually see with like yeah. any attachment research so usually it's like split not totally 50 50 but it's mm-hmm. pretty comparable where it's like 50 percent secure 50 percent insecure um, so it seems to be pretty similar but again, nice. this is just this one study, so mm-hmm. who knows? I was also surprised, though, um, by a finding that um, so uh, donor-conceived adults feel more. I may be wrong, but um, correct me if I am. But like, feel more attached to their biological parent compared to non-biological parent, right? Yeah. And I was wondering why this is the case. Like, is it the way that you know these two parents like treated them while they were growing up, or is it? Like a post postdoc explanation after finding out that they're donor conceived, they somehow, you know, like attribute like different characteristics to their biological compared to non-biological parent. Like, what do you think? Yeah, that finding was really interesting. Like looking at differences between the parents and like, you know, their attachment. The problem though, is like, I, I'm very hesitant to like say anything and like draw conclusions um, because just by virtue of the sample. So like how it worked is that, Um, It's primarily uh, people from heterosexual families, right? So what happens is like the parental sex, there's like a confounding going on. So like, in other words, like people are more likely to have like their mother is the biological parent. And then like the father is this like the social, (laughs) I shouldn't use that term, (laughs) (laughs) non-biological parent. (laughs) Yeah. So we really can't answer that. It could just Mm. be that they're more secure, right? With their mother. I mean, that's, we find that in a lot of attachment research. So we don't know is basically the answer. Yeah. I'm just that's trying to formulate, <laughs> I'm trying to formulate my question. Cause I, there's something else I want to ask that's very much along those lines. Um, just like thinking about, um, how, I don't know how to say this. Um, <laughs> Questions are hard. I mean, <laughs> so would it be possible to like think about um if dang it i can see it in my head like (laughs) if i could just write (laughs) maybe if i could write an equation out let me try to get in your head so i can like understand the question okay let's try this (laughs) so ah dang it i I can't (laughs) verbalize this um so uh, biological parents um, there, and I think maybe also uh, with non-biological parents, uh, if you could have a secure relationship or attachment style with both of them, yep. do you think that would aid in the process of like curiosity and search for their donor parent? Um, so Definitely. like having that security elsewhere, Yeah, I definitely think so because, um, no, that's a great question because I feel like that's half the problem. So people are probably reluctant to search out the donor because they don't want to upset, 
right? The non-biological mm. parent, right? Like that's your parent, that person like helped raise you. So you might feel like, oh, I'm being ungrateful if I try to like mm. search for the donor, right? So um, yeah, I think that if you're secure with like both of those parents, that would like aid in helping with the search because I don't know, you know that no matter what happens, right? Say the donor welcomes you with open arms. That's awesome. Now you have a bigger family um, or maybe they're, they were like, leave me alone. I never want to talk to you. <laughs> no. but then you have, you have a safe haven. Like you have people that you can go to for support. So mm -hmm. I definitely think mm -hmm. that that would be beneficial. Hmm. Um, so maybe sort of like going along those lines. So, um, oh, hmm. no, never mind. Because <laughs> I was going to ask, like, <laughs> uh, why why would that not be the case um, for like avoiding? Uh, like, if you, well, what happened with people that are more avoidant? I guess <laughs> what happened? Even, Nothing. What happened in in this study? In this yeah. study, there was no relationship. So people so who are more avoidant. It, there was no relationship with uh, yeah. contact behavior, searching behavior, anything like that. Right. So I'm wondering, like, um, is it that for people that are higher in avoidance, like, is it, is it that like some people really want to search and uh, don't or something? Or like, is it that they really just like don't even care? Like they're not even curious, uh, like in general, like, is there like a moderating factor that like you can also split up uh, of, um, people that with avoidant attachment like further uh, so that you could find something. Um, but I don't know if that makes sense in somebody else's head. That's not mine. That makes sense. Um, I would imagine that it's not that they're not curious. It's just that, I mean, this is just like me going with the flow here. So I would imagine that because they have a history of like having people who aren't really there for them, like they're like, oh, if I reach out to the donor, I'm just going to have the same pattern that I've observed like with my own parents, right? And like other people in my life. So that's probably maybe the hesitation. Like they're afraid to reach out because they're like, oh, I have crappy relationships and <laughs> this is just going to be crappy too. Something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And then I guess like there, there probably is like a, a, another um, group within uh, people that are more avoidantly attached uh, that like they they just don't care like they it yeah. doesn't matter to them either way so like they just end up doing it uh so like that's maybe why you don't see that finding that like it's just, it's not so clear and like it's not that clear of a pattern uh, either you don't care or like uh you're not invested or whatever right like right. um yeah it could go a lot of different ways uh i i am actually like pretty curious uh not to say for personal reasons maybe i'm who, who's to say if i'm avoidantly attached but <laughs> maybe possibly <laughs> but that's a great point I, though like yeah. i really feel like that's my next study if i do one um could be looking at that you know like looking at the different attachment styles but like splitting avoid an attachment to see like does that differentially predict you know these outcomes mm-hmm uh, or maybe it'll happen in a book deal uh, but who knows maybe we'll see <laughs> it's too early to tell <laughs> um annie um do you have other things on your mind right now yeah um one other thing that um that came to my mind when i was reading your paper was so in your sample it seems like that you know these people who participated in your research are those ones who did like took interest, right? Yeah. And I've noticed that um, the sample is consist of mostly females um, and less males. And I was 
wondering does that reflect like gender differences and like how much people care you know about knowing their status um and reaching out to donors um so yeah. So there isn't in like the work that I've like read and stuff and like, you know, I'm familiar with there. It doesn't seem to be that there's like differences with respect to gender of like women are intrinsically mm. like more curious about this, these things. Um, but I, I do think that's a limitation of this research. So I don't want people thinking, oh, everyone, this is a pattern for everyone with this like attachment style, because it is limited mm-hmm. by that fact. Um, but yeah, I do wonder if there could be differences with respect to that. Like, are women yeah. more likely to do this? I don't know. It's an open yeah, question. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, maybe this could be my last, but is that, oh. so um, because I come from, in you know, a collectivistic culture, like it makes me wonder, um, like what would happen if the same study was run with, you know, um, donor conceived adults somewhere in like China, somewhere in like Korea where, you know, like people have, you know, people tend to define themselves as being more of a continuation of their parents, particularly in these like collectivistic cultures. So, you know, do you think that in these cultures, like people are less reluctant to, you know, know more about their real, I mean, biological, like, you know, ancestors or um, like, even if like how they deal with these, um, with the news that they could be donor conceived, like, how do you think that these will all play out in different cultures? I think that's such a fascinating question, because I've been thinking about that since the beginning of doing this research, like there has to be like cross cultural differences, you know, with respect Mm -hmm. to these things. Um, Because I would imagine like, in a collectivistic culture, right, family, the family unit is so important, right? Like you want to keep the peace, like have like harmonious relationships. So I would imagine, and again, I don't know if this is true, I would imagine that Mm -hmm. um, people are like less likely to even talk about these things. Like it's a very taboo topic in general, but I would imagine like there's lower disclosure rates. Like people are not disclosing Mm. this to their children as much um, Mm -hmm. as like, you know, uh, non-collectivistic cultures. Um, And I would also imagine like the donor conceived kids are not really like searching as much because they're afraid of like upsetting, you know, the the non-biological parent and their Mm -hmm. biological parent that they grew up with. So even if the fear of other people finding out, right, because yeah. it is a taboo, it could be a taboo. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I asked it and I said, <laughs> no, it's, it's so it's cool. It's a very interesting question. It, it, no, it no, is. I, was, I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, I was going to say um, I would be really interested in finding out like, you know, the cross-cultural differences. Um, yeah. I just have to become a cross-cultural researcher now and like study this from every country. Yeah. That would be so exciting. Yeah. If you, anybody studies attachment out there and you want to like collaborate. Okay. <laughs> <Here> <laughs> I, <am. laughs> I also, I guess I, I wonder like, so the idea of like keeping secrets, I feel like that happens a lot more in collectivistic cultures. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. So I, I do wonder, like, in general, would children even know um, that they were donor conceived? Um, 
and yeah exactly what you two are saying like there's so much more stigma probably uh against that it's a, it's a taboo topic um like <clears throat> why would your parent like leave you or like why would your parent like not actually parent you or like things like that or like why don't you why aren't you able to have a child like as if it's their problem actually like right um all of that uh, that uh, adds so many things into the mix um, well i'm even wondering too like if they find out like inadvertently through like a um uh, mm. 23 or me or something like maybe they're less likely to even confront their parents because they're like oh mm. i don't want to disrupt the peace but like this is a big thing <laughs> i don't know i mean i, I think this generation <laughs> is a little bit different i think they would <laughs> disturb the peace <laughs> potentially <Maybe not>. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, annie's a uh a uh, peace disturber. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> All right, um, cool. So yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff here. But what uh, what do you want to end? What, what's that final word that you want the public to know is? Wow, what, what do I even <laughs> say? Um, I would have just imagined that like, I don't know, it's important to talk about like disclosure. I feel, feel like especially with this. Um, so if you're donor conceived out there or like you have donor conceived kids, maybe you should tell them. Um, <laughs> that might be beneficial. Um, but I just think that it's important to talk about these things just because like it is taboo still. Um, and a lot of people don't even know what donor conception is. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's so basically we need it. Um, yeah. And we need someone rich to just publish a book from you and we'll all be set. <laughs> we need a book. That's this it. is really important. It, it is. It was really interesting. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you. I mean, it's important for so many reasons. Uh, like, uh, not, no, I'm not going to go on a laundry <laughs> list of why this is important. Like, I, I, I could to, do but, that. I could be like uh, A through Z, all the reasons. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you for all of your, your knowledge on this. Um, I, I think a lot of people will, will be interested to hear this. Well, thank um, you for having me on the show. <laughs> thank you for coming. So then as far as other stuff that we're uh, doing, what, what's on the radar? Um, we're going to be keeping with this health topic, right? Uh, we want to talk, we want to bring it back to COVID actually. Uh, maybe you haven't heard enough about it, but it's, it's an important topic these days, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, potentially like what are mischaracterizations of um of how COVID is spread uh, and how <clears throat> that might have fallout on a whole bunch of other behaviors, right? Um, so uh, we want to talk about um, that next week. No, not next week. Yes, next week. Yeah. Next I think week. I think it's next week. Yeah. <laughs> is it next week? Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. Sorry about yes. this. Yes. Yeah. By the time this airs next week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. So uh, we'll be talking about that again. Uh, we have we have tons of stuff happening in the research room, <clears throat> um, and like new stuff too. Uh, with the help of um, Liz and Annie, we are just creating more and more new ways to present this information. Um, so. Uh, let us know uh, what you like, what you don't like. Um, check us out on our website, uh, roomforresearch.com, or also on social media, um, everywhere, all, all the social medias uh, at Room for Research. Um, and I guess until next time, thank you. And see you, see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. With the sun.